Hello, everybody. I'm Clay Brace, and this is The Point. We've become the source for authenticity and exactitude here in Southeast Pennsylvania in the Delaware Valley. Why? Because you've all identified our show as the guidepost for truth seekers everywhere. The Point is the home of factualism. Thanks to all of you for tuning in today. We have an action-packed show, and we'll be moving seamlessly, quickly, at the speed of sound. We're going to provide an explanation to the unexplainable, and we will discuss and expose the media malpractice occurring every day on the Pravda Propaganda fake news networks, complete with their fake experts. And we appreciate you tuning in. We do have a great show. We're going to jump right into it. We have the Republican convention uh, this past week, and it was a it was a smashing success. Uh, the Republican theme started out with Land of Heroes, and it went to Land of Promise, Land of Opportunity, and Land of Greatness. This was a great, a direct contrast between America first versus globalism first. This is a, a direct contrast between the Republican message of America first versus the Democrat message of globalism and China great again first. That's what this is all about. Joe Biden dusted off his old 2008 speech. I thought that was classic. Uh, he had his acceptance speech at the vice presidential acceptance speech back in 2008 in Denver. And a lot of his acceptance speech this time included some highlights of that speech. I thought that was interesting. And many of our listeners are probably asking the question right now as to why would he dust off an old speech from 2008? Why wouldn't his writers write something new? Well, I will have an exactitude answer for you right now. The reason for that is because they have no new ideas. They don't have any new ideas. As a matter of fact, this is the same old tired old message. Political argy-bargy, that's all they have is socialism or bust. They have, they really have no message at all. And uh, it shows. I mean, and when you have no message, you are looking for something to write about. You want to pull up something that maybe it talked about back in 2008, which is what they did. What I thought was really ironic and I should say strange on all of this was how how Joe Biden made it. He had the shortest acceptance speech in, in, I should say, television history. I thought was interesting on that was when you go back through all the presidential nominee acceptance speeches throughout the years. They've all been longer than what Joe Biden just delivered. I thought that was interesting, too. I think it's because Joe Biden didn't want to. Um, basically, he, he didn't want to get himself over his skis too quickly. If Joe Biden goes unscripted for more than 10 minutes, he's he's in trouble. So I think they know it. He knows it. I think what's interesting is Helmut Northpath, who is a professor, a political science professor out of Stony Brook University, Helmut Northpath. Uh, he has an election model, and I think he knows it as well about Biden's inability to go past 10 minutes uh, unfiltered. Because, folks, this election model hasn't been wrong, but more than I think I think he's been right on the election models 26 out of the last 28 elections. Uh, but anyway, uh, he was also correct in the 2016 election. But he's talking about how people that were ahead in the polls in the spring in generality, aren't there in the in in the election cycle at, at the end of November because people start looking at the 
candidates more closely after Labor Day. And then he went into the whole thing on 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 energy and so forth, the energy of a, of a candidate and so forth. And he highlighted the uh, he highlighted basically the, uh, the the terrain of of political contests in years past where the uh, where the losing candidate had a had a significant lead going into the summer and, and, and whatnot. And of course, he, he went all the way back to Thomas Dewey in 1948. Uh, Richard Nixon in 60, and then Jimmy Carter in 1980, Michael Dukakis in 88, and George H.W. Bush in 92, John Kerry in 2004. I mean, they're, they're some of the more spectacular uh, turnarounds and events, if you will, for the losing candidates. But I think even more compelling is that <clears throat> Joe Biden's enthusiasm gap that he currently has. You see, these conventions are geared to bring excitement and energy from the base to the candidate so that they can start running their campaign season after Labor Day, getting the volunteers on the ground to go to work, getting the people to do the work, getting people deployed into the communities and getting the work of winning the campaigns going, getting it going, getting it started. Uh, Joe Biden, uh, he had a telethon for four days. And I think the Democrat nominee, Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris, uh, they lost, if you will, in the, they actually slipped in the polling. They actually slipped in the polling during their convention. As a matter of fact, it's probably one of the most notable slips I've ever seen. And maybe this this fellow Helmut Northpoth also believed that. Uh, I mean, you don't generally see a candidate lose momentum and energy, and I should say polling polling uh, numbers, if you will, during their convention. You don't see the one not having his convention actually gaining in the polls, and that's what happened. I mean, Donald Trump actually gained in the polls during the Democrat convention. I think that's delicious, and I, I, I think that I want to point that out. I'm not sure our listeners here, um, I, I'm sure now our listeners here are aware of it because I just mentioned it, but I'm not sure they were aware of it prior to now that this is a very unusual, uh, I think this is a first-time event. But whatever the case is, enthusiasm levels for 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 uh, Biden and Harris are very low. I mean, very very low. They're lower than Hillary Clinton was in 2016. They're lower than than Willard Romney had in 2012. They're lower than John McCain had in 2008. They're lower than John Kerry had in 2004. And I mean, if you go back on all of these losing candidates, he has a lower enthusiasm level than all of those people, and they all lost. They all lost. Uh, they they know they're going to lose. I think after the first night of the debate, and I think what's interesting is you watch the fake news when they were actually, because you see CNN and MSNBC, they gave unfiltered airtime to the Democrats. They aired all the speeches. It was all out there for the entire world to see. They put it out there and they they unfiltered. They put these, these stories out there and these speeches in their telethon set, set up, if you will. Uh, they did this, and so they had to give the Republicans the same the, the same treatment. So they had to put the Republican airtime out there the same. So for the first time, I think in recorded history, I think well, the first time ever, we actually seen the speeches leading up to the acceptance speeches of the vice president, the keynote speaker of of the following of, of the previous Wednesday night, and of course 
uh, you know, the keynote speakers are very night, if you will, including the acceptance speech of the vice president and the president. Usually that's the only speeches you ever saw. You only saw the handful of speeches from these conventions. You never really saw all of them. Now you're seeing it differently because they're presenting it differently. They're presenting it now where all the speeches are unfiltered. So here you are watching these moving, very, very moving and compelling speeches, if you will. I mean, from people. And it just it was amazing watching these people. I mean, Andrew Pollack, uh, you know, the father of Meadow Pollack from from the Parkland shooting shooting when he was speaking. And Maximo Alvarez, a Florida businessman, a Cuban immigrant when he was speaking and you know, others. I mean, you know, you, you just, <clears throat> you had, you had so many wonderful speeches out there and, uh, you know, that were out there just unfiltered. And I think the American public got a firsthand view of it for the first time. And I, I can remember some of these speeches coming back and watching the stone faces uh, of the fake journalists on the fake news on CNN and MSNBC watching their stone faces and stoned expressions, just absolutely expressionless, speechless expressions coming from these people as they might have heard for the first time the cost of socialism from Maximo Alvarez. Because, I mean, quite frankly, I don't think they've ever heard from anybody who actually escaped socialism and and, and Castro's Cuba. Okay, I mean, this is a fella, he's a businessman in Florida and he founded Sunshine Gasoline Distributors. Well, he talked about how he recognized the calls of these people today, of the Democrats today. He says they all all these promises sound very familiar because he was in Cuba when they all went down that way. And when Castro was asked if he was a communist, he said, no, I'm a Roman Catholic. As he puts it down, and he's, he called it out as people are pretending to be Roman Catholics. Uh, they're using it as political cover when they're really not. They truly are trying to usher in a complete takeover of our country. And anyway, so he, 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 he drew that illustration out there. And I mean, I was watching that on MSNBC and of course it went back to Rachel Maddow and she just was speechless. These people never heard the salt of the earth speakers. They didn't hear the lobster fishermen. They didn't hear the logger. You know, they didn't hear, I mean, they, they never heard a, they never heard from anybody on that. I mean, the, the logger talked about how the environmentalists have uh, taken over the logging industry and how they all but killed the the logging industry. And I think it was very, very interesting on all of that. I mean, or they never heard Abby Johnson before. Abby Johnson's unfiltered story about life. I mean, Abby Johnson described for these Democrats, these these fake experts, these fake journalists on these fake news channels as they were listening, they heard Abby Johnson describe the baby trying to escape the murder weapon of the abortionist. And I mean, it's a ghastly thing. And as, as she described it, I'm going to tell you something. It had to move hearts of people. I know it moved the hearts of many that were watching. Uh, It's really interesting, but whatever the case is, we're hearing the dark, we're hearing the the direct contrast, if you will, between uh, the Republican America first message versus the Democrat globalism message. And I mean, it really is. And watching Joe Biden dust off that speech and listening to the other, all those many, many speeches and watching the reactions of all these fake journalists, that was just so telling. And it's really why I think you're seeing in the polling right now, the polling is shifting to Republicans. I mean, 
I, I believe it was Zogby. Now Zogby's not a they're not a very impressive poll. I don't think Zogby's ever gotten a whole lot right. But they were saying that Trump is is incredibly ahead right now with the uh, African American vote. I believe he's sitting at thirty six percent on Zogby's polling, uh, and that's before the end of the convention. Uh, my guess is even if Zogby is wrong, uh, that 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 Trump is doing a whole lot better with that uh, with that demographic than um, than than he did four years ago, and uh, I just think that you're going to see. I think you're going to see the Trump doing a whole lot better with people that the Democrats have taken for granted for so long, the votes of these folks for so long. I think that uh, Trump is becoming the the president of the of, of everyone. And I think that people are seeing that. I think that the uh, Hillary Clinton saw Hillary Clinton made a comment, if you remember, after the first night of the debate, she actually made a comment. I know it's interesting. Hillary Clinton just uh after she saw all those unfiltered speeches and she just like went off the rails and said, Joe Biden should not concede anything on election night. I mean, she should, they should take it all to court. We already have the setup in place to be uh, taking, having all these court appearances throughout the country to delay. And if we do this long enough, we, we can win this election through county mail and ballots and, and whatnot. She was really off the rails. Folks, Hillary Clinton wouldn't be off the rails after the first night of the Republican convention, unless, of course, she was completely downtrodden, as was Donna Brazil was when she demonstrated on Tuesday morning how despondent she was when, when she went off on Fox and Friends, okay? Um, and, and I would tell you that, uh, you know, when you see these outbursts, these Democrats and their outbursts, you understand why. Why is Hillary Clinton going off the rail? Why did Donna Brazil go off the rail? Well, folks, because they understand that these unfiltered speeches that you're hearing at the Republican convention are going to sway the hearts of America. Now, you've been hearing it from me here on this show. Law and order will be on the ballot. It will be on the ballot. I've been saying this for for weeks. For weeks, I've been saying this. Well, folks, they know it now. They've always known it. But I think that they, they were very surprised and very taken to see to what extent, to what extent the American public would be viewing these unfiltered, unedited speeches from 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 these people, uh, the magnificent speeches that came off in the Republican convention. I mean, CNN and MSNBC both stated patently that this was a better production, put out better than the Democrats was, and I think that Hillary Clinton saw it. I think Donna Brazil seen. It. I think all these people seen it. And that's why Hillary Clinton said, don't concede no matter what. I mean, that doesn't sound like something that someone would say if they were confident they were going to win. I think these people now know that they're not going to win. I think they've all, I think the reality is crashing in around them. They don't believe through the entire week of this convention and all of this, when all these speeches were going on and they watched their poll numbers slip, slip, slip every night, they couldn't believe what was happening. Even while it was happening and they were watching it with their own eyes, they still were in disbelief. They just were, they were aghast at it all. They fell into the snare that they themselves thought Trump would fall into. What's interesting is Donald Trump is your, he's your sincere, genuine citizen politician. Donald Trump is not in it for the money. 
Donald Trump is not in it for any other reason but to preserve the country he loves. That's the only reason he's in it. I believe, as I've been saying all along, I mean, as I've been saying since I've been on this show for two years, I believe Donald Trump is God-touched, and I believe that Donald Trump has been inspired by God to run for president. I think he was motivated, and I think he got his motivation and his inspiration to run, and that God put it in his heart to do it. I believe he's there, and he's running, and he's, he's now he's the president. He's running for a second term. The man hasn't taken a paycheck. The man was one of the most, I think, I guess one of the top 100 or top 500 richest people on planet Earth. He does not need this job as president. He he was already rich and powerful, He, you know, as an individual. Uh, I mean, when you get to a certain level of richness, if you will, and wealth like Donald Trump is at, you don't have problems anymore. You have attitudes. And I think at that point, because there's nothing you can't solve. Well, Donald Trump decided to step away from all that and tackle the, the, the issues surrounding this country and facing this country. And he ran for president. He hasn't taken a paycheck. He's your genuine citizen politician. Most of these politicians get into it for other reasons. Joe Biden got into it 50 years ago because he was trying to make himself successful in politics. And they go and they count the votes. I mean, Joe Biden's been counting the votes of all these defund the police protesters. As as Kamala Harris was locking arms with these defund the police protesters, uh, Joe Biden was, was putting her at the top of his vice presidential picks. They're counting votes. They're not trying to preserve the, sub, the suburban America. They're not, the, they're not trying to protect Americans. They're not trying to preserve the peace. They're not trying to eliminate division. They're trying to sow division. They want to, they want to sow the, the disorder in these cities. They want to create it. They want to sow it. They want to cultivate it. They want it to continue. They're in league with the defund the police protesters. They're in league with them. They're in league with them. And the American people see it. Six out of 10 Americans Likely voters see them in league with these people. In other words, they see them sympathizing with the with the defund the police group. I see some polls at 55%, some at 60%, some a little higher. But even if it's 55 or 60, it doesn't matter. Tomato, tomato, it's really bad for the Democrats. Because anyone that recognizes that the leaders of a, of a political party are in favor of supporting defund the police protesters over and above supporting law-abiding citizens and the law enforcement when they're looking to defund these people. Well, folks, Americans, they see that they're not going to vote for these people. They're not going to cast a vote for someone that they believe is not for law and order. This is where this is coming down. This is why you're hearing guys, you know, fake Republicans like John Kasich, who, who just hates Trump. And he's coming out saying, Joe Biden's got to come out against these Defund the police protesters. He's got to come. He's got to condemn it. Well, he's he's late to the party here. I mean, the man's already been watching this go on since, well, since late May, and he's said nothing on this. Now all of a sudden, he's going to have something to say on it, folks. No one's buying it. The reason that the public, the American people, see the Democrat Party as being in league with these defund the police protesters. The reason is because the Democrat leadership has been silent on this for as long as they've been going on. 
anyway, I want to move on to the actual convention itself. So the North, the, the Helmut North Pole uh, election model predicts Donald Trump winning. And I'm sure that that and it and actually predicts Trump picking up uh, 300 and, uh, 362 of the 538 total electoral votes. That's pretty much a landslide. And we talked about the enthusiasm gap being down. I think, you know, that's a big problem. I mean, look, it's enthusiasm that brings out the poll workers. It's enthusiasm that brings out the door camera, the door to door canvassers. It's the enthusiasm that brings out people that are willing to stand there with road signs and do a roadside rally for you, like we're doing in Berks County for Donald Trump. It's the enthusiasm that brings out any workers for any campaign. Okay, the Burks GOP headquarters, I, I can tell you, we, we, we have people coming by every day, dozens, every day, looking for information on Donald Trump and, yes, road uh, yard signs and so forth. I mean, the Democrats don't have this with Joe Biden. There's nobody going by the headquarters of the Democrat committee in Burks County, okay? Well, for one thing, if they were to find it, it would be a hard thing to do to find it, but if they were to find it, they would see it was closed. There wasn't anybody in there. wasn't anybody in there. And even when they get a hold of somebody, it's like we don't have any signs. They don't have signs for Joe Biden. Okay? Any signs you see are, are purchased online. And it's the same thing with Donald Trump for the most part, but we're starting to get other signs out now, so you're going to see a whole lot more. And I, I'm look, I, I'm telling you folks, make no mistake about it. When you're running for office, you get a feel for whether or not you can win or not. You, you you just get a feel for it. You know whether or not you can pull it off. You just know. And I, I don't want you to miss that, folks. I mean, when you're a candidate, you get a feel for whether or not you're going to win. I think Joe Biden now is getting a feel that he's probably not going to win, that he's not likely to pull this off. I mean, you're already saying, I mean, like I said, after the first night of debate, you heard Hillary Clinton out there declaring not to, don't concede, don't ever concede. Well, that's not something you shout to a, to a champion, <laughs> okay? You don't shout to a champion, don't concede, okay? I, I can remember I had a friend of mine who was running for township supervisor in a local township in Berks County, and I was working a precinct with him one day, and we his precinct, and we walked up to his precinct as he went in to vote. And his opponent for the same for the Democrat opponent for the same uh, supervisor seat was standing there <laughs> and he went over and said, so how you doing? My name is so and so. He says, do you concede yet? <laughs> and the fellow said, no, I'm not conceding. We're having an election today. <laughs> Folks, you don't concede before the election and before the first vote is cast. Unless, of course, you know you're going to get beat. And for, for Hillary Clinton to, to declare that and after the first night of the convention, these people are in, are completely unhinged after watching these unfiltered speeches. And I'm telling you, folks, even the fake news is unhinged at this point. They don't know what to say. They're doing these fake fact checks all the time. They're doing they actually fake fact check uh, uh, oh, the South Dakota governor from the Republican convention as she started talking about the lawlessness in the cities. And she mentioned Seattle. And of course, I think it was MSNBC or CNN, one of them. They got the mayor of Seattle on the phone. I thought that was just so delicious. So they're talking to the mayor of Seattle and the mayor of Seattle makes a comment. She says, well, I raised my family in this city. I grew up in this city and this is a wonderful city. And these protests, I mean, they're, they're they, you know, they're, they're not as bad as what she's laying out to be. Folks, I think she's forgetting that they actually had a chop zone of the, I think it was seven city blocks that were completely occupied 
for nearly 100 days or whatever it was, 50, 60 days. I mean, where they destroyed businesses, okay, burned down buildings, looted, okay, people were killed. But the mayor of Seattle seemingly overlooking that that summer love-in that they were all having, she just forgot to mention all the hate that was going on in the city of Seattle. She mentioned the love-in, but she she failed to mention the other aspect of of the protesters and the and, and the rioters that turned in the protest the, the rioters that were that were pretending to be peaceful protesters, and they turned into looters and and anarchists. But I mean, look, the bottom line is, folks. The, the fake fact checks are going on in these channels. I thought I just thought it was incredible that they're doing this. I mean, during the Republican convention, and they're actually trying to discredit the speakers. I mean, these people are giving personal stories. Many of them, Herschel Walker, personal stories. I mean, and 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 they're giving these personal stories, and they got fact checkers out there. I, look, I, all I can they, all I can tell you, folks, is. The media bias was was in plain sight for four nights. I mean, it truly was. Of course, we see it all the time anyway. I see it. It's in plain sight every day. But when when the people that normally watch CNN and MSNBC, when they were watching the Democrat convention and they saw the unfilteredness of it all, then they watched the Republican convention with the same unfilteredness, except, however, with the fact checkers, the fake fact checkers. Even people that watch those channels had to believe, as I'm sure any logical-minded person would, any sensible person would, that there's a media double standard going on there. I mean, it's really amazing. A media double standard, folks, it's so plain to see. And when their own people start seeing it and their own viewers start to see it, they're going to lose and hemorrhage more viewers. You realize Fox News had over 40% of the total audience watching the keynote speaks, the speeches, the keynote speeches. Fox News had over 40% of the total audience. The other 60% of the audiences that took that, that viewed them viewed them on all the other channels. But you have people that watch the Democrat convention that also watch the Republican convention on the fake news channels. I mean, I have family members that watch the fake news channels that believe that's real news. And I think now they're watching that they they're they they are now in belief that there isn't that there truly is a double standard and that these there's really there isn't really an effort by the so-called journalists to commit an act of journalism and to come up with some truth and facts here. They're, they're just avoiding all of that. But I I just want to point out, folks, I mean, what they pointed out in these speeches, I mean, it's unbelievable and, and, and they're trying to deny it. The Democrats are, but it's really compelling. The polling now shows it. I think Rasmussen shows uh, that uh, Trump actually uh, is pulled even with Biden in national polling right after the Democrat convention. I think the Zogby poll, as I mentioned earlier, shows Trump uh, gaining significantly with with voters uh you know that would know that would be voting democrat or have voted democrat previous elections i mean zogby showing that significantly as well and I, I i just think that you're seeing people that are just getting tired of being pigeonholed if you will i mean cbs did a yougov poll as well i think cbs partnered with yougov that showed that uh, trump is gaining 10 percent with independence or something I, look, there's a, there's a lot of information, a lot of polls out there, and a lot of these polls I don't give any real credibility to. Matter of fact, all of the ones I just cited, Zogby, 
CBS, YouGov. Um, I mean, I, I don't give a whole lot of credibility to them. Rasmus is the only one I really look at. But I mean, and quite honestly, uh, but when you see polls, they're interesting to look at. But when you see them, I mean, you, you have to understand when when you when you look at what the result of the poll is, then you have to look at the actual sampling itself to see how they did. Did they oversample or undersample independents, Democrats, or Republicans? And and once you have that grouping, it gives you a better idea of the accuracy of the poll. Um, I believe, like Fox News, for instance, uh, they've always been wrong on polling. All these all these poll, polls are now showing. Trump gaining and they, they they showed Trump gaining after the Democrat convention. So it's a very new it's a new phenomenon that occurred after the Democrat meltdown, if you will, during their during their convention, during their telethon. They lost all that support. Look, America sees the problem. <clears throat> America knows, for instance, Donald Trump, they know that Donald Trump is gonna handle China and foreign policy. They know this. I mean, Trump pulled back the curtain on communist China. It was with Obama-Biden that China was able to build phony, fake sandbar islands in the South China Sea to change the boundaries of their country so they could interfere with main waterways, trade routes. It It was they that allowed China to do this. It was they that allowed North Korea to do all their testings, and they were unable to handle North Korean dictator. It was Obama Biden that was unable to handle the Russian invasion and takeover of Crimea in a, in a three-day weekend, or or watching Russian invasion of the Ukraine, the tens of thousands of Ukrainians that died, and they're pleading with Obama Biden for offensive weapons to help them defend themselves against the the onslaught of the Russian invasion. And Obama Biden agreed to send them only blankets and other and food and foodstuffs, no weapons. Folks, I mean, the, it was the Obama Biden that brought in the Iran nuclear deal that basically gave Iran a nuclear weapon in 10 years. Those crazy maniacs will have a bomb in 10 years that they can take out Israel with because Obama Biden let him do it. They signed a treaty. Well, they should say they agreed to it. I don't think it was ever ratified by the Senate. If it was, I don't think Trump could have undid it so easily. But the point I'm drawing on all this is it's important that we understand there's a significance on all of what I'm telling you. The foreign policy that's there, the reality of foreign policy that we see, that Obama-Biden, the failures of it. It was Obama-Biden that allowed ISIS to, to not just get started, but exist and flourish ISIS actually had a caliphate the size of of a, of a, of a, of a, mod, of a, a medium-sized state like Pennsylvania. They had a caliphate of tens of thousands of square miles. They had a website, social media page. I mean, under Obama-Biden. You know, it was Obama-Biden that allowed the, the lousy, horrible trade deals to exist and watching our jobs go overseas. And it was Obama and Biden who made the statement, okay, that this is the new norm. These jobs will not come back. You'll need a magic wand to bring magic, to bring manufacturing jobs back to this country. I mean, those words were what was spoken from Barack Hussein Obama's mouth. It was Obama-Biden that stood behind 
the takeover of our of our healthcare system, and 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 basically, di- I mean, dismantling healthcare, good healthcare that so many millions of Americans had, basically taking that healthcare and then lowering the standards of that healthcare, reducing the amount of of actual coverage that they had so that they could give that coverage because they reduced it in cost so they could give it and pay for coverage for those that weren't working or, or, or whomever. Okay. People that they were basically looking to take from other one, some insurance policies, reduce the coverage limits, take that money and use it to fund for basic coverage for somebody else. So what they did was they lowered the standard of coverage for every American that had good coverage and they, they basically gave everyone lousy coverage. I mean, they basically gave people horrible insurance coverage, and they re- and because they they took good coverage down to bad coverage, it, it, they ruined healthcare, and Americans seen it. I personally seen it because my healthcare was attacked by these people. Look, I'm telling you, folks, this election, the distinct differences between the Make America Great Again, America First Republicans. Versus the globalists first, make China great again Democrats, the law and order Republicans versus the lawlessness party of the mob Democrats. Folks, the distinct differences are easy to see. And in foreign policy, folks, it's really easy to make a distinction. I mean, we are so respected on the world stage that Trump has made good trade deals with people that we've never had trade deals with before. Trump actually got NATO, the NATO allies, to chip in hundreds of billions of dollars, more than they were paying before. If they didn't respect the president, they wouldn't be paying more money to NATO. Don't miss that, folks. So when the fake experts and the fake fact checkers say that Trump wasn't respected on the global stage and they bring these nitwits in, they bring these nitwits in like these idiots that are, uh, you know, that are, um, you know, people like the never Trumpers like Colin Powell and others. And they bring these people in to to testify, if you will, on Trump's lack of respect on the global stage. Remember, it was Donald Trump that got NATO and the NATO allies to increase their amount of payment. OK, for the U.S. support and their contribution. He did that, so we would have to pay less. Folks, don't miss that. Someone that's not respected on the global stage could never bring that about. Let's just cut the comedy here. And when you look at at his expert handling of foreign policy and then jump to his expert handling of the economy, don't miss that either. Okay, he, he produced record amounts of oil and gas. His policies produced record amounts of oil and gas in this country. We became a leading exporter in the world, and our imp- and, and our imports of energy are now at the lowest it's ever been in 60 years, thanks to Donald Trump and his expert handling of our economy. Because of his expert handling on economy, before the COVID Chinese economic flatten the economy shutdown that these governors all enacted in these states, before all that happened, we had 7 million unfilled job openings. That were jobs that we needed people for that basically want ads for for new employees. 
I mean, we, we had record numbers of jobs created with the expanding economy. They had 600,000 new manufacturing jobs. So Trump found the magic wand that Barack Hussein Obama said that he needed to have. Trump found it, and voila, you have 600,000 new manufacturing jobs. I mean, jobless claims were at a 50-year low before the COVID crisis. I mean, this is a fact, folks. And then we told people to not go to work. We told people to stay home. I mean, we had we had Fauci out there telling people, you know, I mean, don't wear masks. You don't need them. Then to, changing that to, well, put on a mask. I mean, I mean, whatever, face coverings, whatever you want to call it. The bottom line is we had people being told to not go to work, to stay home. For the promise of safety, this occurred, folks. And businesses were on life support for 100 and 200 days. And many of them are still on life support because, quite frankly, the economies in some of these states hasn't quite opened yet. But even in spite of all of that, Trump has been able to maintain an economy that's larger than it was, I believe, in 2012 than it was in 2012 when Barack Hussein Obama won his re-election. Don't miss that, folks. Not just the stock market selling at almost it's still at record highs, but for, not just that, but the actual the GDP and, and whatnot. I mean, the gains back. I mean, we're getting GDP back. I mean, you got to remember that when you look at the GDP, I mean, Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden, when they were in charge for eight years, we had a half a trillion dollars a year in growth in GDP on an average. Uh, but there were a couple of years, maybe one or two years, where they really didn't have anything. Okay, And as a result, Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden were the first presidential team to basically uh, not have consistent growth during their term as president. I believe uh, in a long time, in, in a while. But whatever the case is, they, there was a net growth, if you will, of about a half a trillion dollars a year to 2016. And then Trump came in and literally in two years, two and a half years, okay, he ended up with like, I mean, a trillion dollars a year in growth. A trillion and a half. It was a three trillion dollars. It was three trillion dollars in two years. That was the growth of the of the economy in two years. Three trillion dollars in two years. So Donald Trump ended up with three times the growth of GDP than Obama Biden had. In a very short time. And you actually have these fake experts saying, well, that was already coming. No, it wasn't, folks. I mean, they're trying to convince you there's that they're holding up four fingers and they're trying to convince you there's five there. They're trying to convince you to see something that isn't real. Folks, make no mistake about it. The economy was not coming back to that level. It just wasn't. It was a very tepid recovery. It was a recovery, but it was like less than 2%. It was 1.5%. It just wasn't a good recovery. I mean, a half a trillion dollars a year is better than nothing, but it's certainly not growth that we could have had with an, econ with an economic machine like this country has. But so Trump got in the ran for president based upon the idea that, well, let's 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 reduce regulations. Let's reduce corporate taxes. Let's reduce the inhibitors of a, of a growing economy. And let's let this let's see what we can do for the next few years. 
In a very short time, there was three times an annual growth that was being produced in in the Obama-Biden years. And and don't miss that, folks. I don't want anyone to miss that. Donald Trump expertly handled the economy. He expertly handled the economy. And I I just, I, I, I think it's important that we understand that. Because, you know, you look at what's going on, you realize foreign policy, the economy, he handled it. Then you have the lawlessness in the cities, and we talked about that a little while ago. But you know what's interesting is these anarchists are in league with some of these Democrat leaderships, and at least American people see it that way. And as a result, they're just not embracing the Democrat Party ticket. They're just not. And the Democrats are recognizing this now, and that's why you see Joe Biden out there trying to come out from under his you know, his, his, his basement door, he's poking his head out of the bilge door saying, all right, I, I oppose this violence. I oppose this, this, this stuff going on in the cities. And then he closes the basement door again on him and he hides again in the basement. Folks, I mean, <clears throat> the American people see with their own eyes who supports the defund the police movement. I mean, when you actually have your vice presidential candidate marking marching arm in arm with defund the police people, then you could presume very safely that the Biden-Harris ticket is going to support defund the police. You can you can presume that very, very safely. It's a That's a very easy prediction. <clears throat> After all, Kamala Harris was, was marching with them, locking arm in arm with them, defund the police. Not to mention statements that they've made. So there's reasons that people in this country and voters are are affiliating the Democrat Party with the defund the police movement. There's reasons for that. And there's reasons that the people of this country, the likely voters, are linking Trump and the Republicans to the support of law and order and supporting the police. There's reasons for that. Folks, law and order is going to be on the ballot and the Republicans know it and the Democrats know it. Hillary Clinton knows it. And Donna Brazil knows it, and all the other experts know it. They all know. They all know. But I want to I want to top this off before we get to Kathy Barnett because we got a few minutes to go. But I want to get to because we're going to bring Kathy Barnett on the show. I, I didn't mention that earlier. Kathy Barnett will be joining us in a little while. She's the Pennsylvania. Uh, she's the U.S. Congress candidate, the Republican candidate for the Pennsylvania Fourth Congressional District. She'll be on the show with us in a few minutes. But anyway, I want to wrap up the show leading up to, to Kathy's interview. Uh, you know, the expert on the COVID crisis, what's really interesting is that the Democrats saw this as a chink in Trump's armor. It isn't. Okay, when you actually look at the facts, you understand. You know, first off, you know, you, you understand that China cornered the market on PPEs. They actually bought up all the PPEs around the world. Now, we know this factually, folks. This is a fact, an economic fact, not just from our people, but but also from the Chinese government. They bought up all this stuff. We know this because we have the numbers and we have the purchases. We know what we know what's being purchased by countries around the world when it's doing they're doing it in sizable numbers. It's a known it's a known number. It's a known commodity. It's a known, it's, it's just known information. You know, so we know what happened. The Chinese bought up all the PPEs. Okay. All the protective equipment out there because they knew that this virus was contagious, even though they were lying about it for weeks and weeks. And then when the Chinese year of the rat 
finished and they, they seeded this virus with tens of thousands of people around the world by taking this virus home with them to their countries, uh, they basically seeded the virus. I mean, they put it out there. I mean, that's basically what happened. Then they said, oops, okay, yeah, we made a mistake in a virology lab. It escaped. Oops, we're sorry. Oh, yeah, well, we didn't realize it was contagious until right after the Chinese New Year, the rat. So we're sorry about that. Oh, yeah, we bought up all the PPEs because we needed them. Okay, but look, just cut the comedy here, folks. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm trying to create a little bit of a parody, but when you when there's no PPEs around the world and this virus is being spread by the Chinese everywhere, their goal was to create all kinds of chaos around the planet during their year of the rat. And they did exactly that. And so we shut down the economy and a lot of other countries did too, based upon the idea that we have to bend, we have to flatten the curve. We had to flatten the curve. Okay. That was the whole point, flatten the curve. And so Trump was able to develop a partnership, an unprecedented partnership at unprecedented levels of achievement with private business to build up PPEs in this country. And within a period of about 60 days, that's right, folks, two months, he was able to build so much PPEs and build so much in PPEs and the established manufacturing of everything from face shields to gloves to, you know, ventilators to respirators, to everything he needed, everything. He was able to build us all up to the point where now U.S., the United States is an exporter of PPEs around the world. He was able to do this in unprecedented time. He masterfully handled the COVID crisis. Not to mention the fact that he shut down, uh, you know, travel with China before anybody knew it was contagious. Okay, so let's just cut the comedy here. I mean, you can listen to the fake expert never Trumpers who absolutely hate Donald Trump. You can listen to them talk about how Trump messed messed things up. But folks, let me help you here. Okay, as a country, we are now a chief exporter of PPEs. That's a known fact. And it's a known fact that we had him made up in a very, very short period of time. That it was a marvelous achievement and accomplishment by a get-it-done president. And that's why Donald Trump deserves another four years. As I stated, he masterfully handled the economy, masterfully handled the foreign policy. He masterfully is on the right side of law and order. And basically, as the Democrats positioned themselves in league with lawlessness, (laughs) and of course, he masterfully handled the COVID crisis. Well, these messages he put out there in a marvelously put together uh, campaign, I should say convention, Republican convention, which again, the theme was land of heroes, land of promise, land of opportunity and land of greatness. Folks, they connected on everything. This convention exceeded all expectations. Trump is going to gain in the polls even more as we look at the numbers after the convention going into uh, next week. We're going to see some of the polling numbers, and I tell you, it's going to be exciting to watch. And uh, don't miss it, folks. We as a country are on the right side of history, and Donald Trump is our Samson. He's our Gideon with a sword. Donald Trump is God-touched, and Donald Trump will get us through this and bring our country back to greatness again and keep us great. And he'll keep our country and our economy and our military greater than anyone else on planet earth. Okay. So thank you all for being here. Let's get into Kathy Barnett. Kathy's on hold with her, uh, with us. We're going to get her on the phone here. So bear with us as we bring on Kathy. Okay. We're back with, uh, we've got Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett is a great lady. She's 
running for Congress in the U.S. Pennsylvania U.S. District 4th District. Uh, she's regularly featured political commentator, if you will, on news programs. Uh, on Fox, she's been on Fox and Friends. I've seen her on Fox News. I've seen her on, on different news channels. Uh, Kathy's a veteran. Uh, she also, uh, she was honored to spend a decade serving the country, this great country, and uh, in, in, their, in the Army Reserves. And she was accepted in the Officer Candidate School. Kathy's a mom of, of two, two beautiful children and a great husband. I've met them all. They're great people. Uh, she's got a beautiful family, a great family. And Kathy's got great policy ideas. And Kathy is America first. And uh, Kathy is for law and order. Kathy, am I saying it right? You're a, you are not for defunding the police, correct? Absolutely not. I have never heard of something so stupid. Just <laughs> utterly ridiculous. And there's and there's no fancy word to make that sound okay. That is stupid. I mean, who would do that? I, you know, I've often said that if you trace that that concept of defunding the police back to its origin, it, I'm sure we will find it dripping off the lips of either an Ivy League professor or someone living behind a gated community. <laughs> well, I, I agree. I mean, what's amazing to me is that we see America first become fighting words in this yeah. country. I mean, I mean, Madeline Dean, she's a, uh, she's a globalist and she, she wants to recreate jobs in China. Am I am I right, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I. Uh, you know what? I mean, I think you can kind of take your cue from what we saw at the DNC convention for whoever watched that. I mean, I'm in the business now of watching that and making sure that I'm, you know, abreast of what people are saying and what their vision is for our nation. And Madeline Dean said that she's riding with Biden, quote, uh, so whatever Biden and the DNC is putting out, we can assume that this is something Madeline Dean is also espousing. I thought it was very interesting as you just kind of watch each day of the DNC convention. It grew darker and more gloomy and more racist by the day. Uh, they, they, no one ever talked about law and order and all the things they talked about over the course of four days. No one talked about law and order. No one talked about China. I thought that was very telling, and I think it's very symbolic of in representing who the Democratic Party is now. Well, it's unbelievable. I, I, I it, it's, it's, it's concerning to me when you look at the, uh, what, what I think it's called the Employment Accountability Act that the Democrats all support, including Madeline Dean. And, and, and they're looking to basically get into the boardrooms of, of companies. They want to determine who's on the board of directors. They want the government to issue charters to companies. I mean, this is, this is socialism on steroids. I mean, Madeline Dean supports all this stuff. If you're a business owner, you're a small business owner, you're linking the Democrats, not just to the lawless left, but you're linking the Democrats to a flatten the economy left. I mean, uh, would you say so, Kathy? I mean, exactly. I, I I think you're you're spot on. These people are control freaks, and if anyone thinks that these control freaks are going to suddenly give up control just because you elect them 
on November 3rd, you have another thing coming. They have gotten a taste of just how subservient the American population truly is. Uh, they have been able to punk us out of not going to church. In some areas, they're forbidding people to even sing in church. But of course, if you want to chant Black Lives Matter or any other uh, uh, notion at a protest, you're more than welcome to do that. But if you sing at church, nope, we're going to shut that down. These people have, I mean, it, it's very alarming. It's very unnerving, the kind of control they have exercised. And now, this is not new. They've always talked about wanting to get into the boardrooms, wanting to be in control of exactly what we're teaching our children, not just in school, but also in the home. They've been very controlling about what vocabulary we can use, what pronouns we can use or not use in our culture. And now this was really their first time under the shield of COVID to be able to come in and to take all of these things in theory and now to actually put them in practice. I mean, they're telling us what they want to do to this country. I think what's really amazing, I've heard you say this, and it really is true, is they're telling us the way where they want to take this country. And it's a very dark place. I mean, I I tell you, when you want to. When you want to sink the businesses of this country, when you want to, when you want to get into the the the, the companies themselves and re, re and determine who's on the board of directors and whatnot, you're you're basically attacking profits, attacking dividends, attacking four hundred one k's. I mean, this is not good for the middle class, and I don't think there any logical person would think it was. You know, I mean, and it's even more than it even more sinister than that, because when you start really looking at abolish the police, abolish the border, abolish ICE, and now we're being introduced to the next one, abolish the suburbs, uh, these people have plans. And I say it all the time, you're absolutely right, because I believe that when someone tells you who they are, you need to believe them. You need to take them at their word for it. And we can no longer say, I remember uh, two years ago in 2018 when I first heard abolish the police, I thought, no, they don't really mean abolish the police. Come to find out that's exactly what they mean. And so now we're talking to people about their next plan, which is to abolish the suburbs. And you, and still today, when you say that, people look at you as though you have a third eye. No. These are the plans of the Democrat Party. Now, of course, they're going to call it, instead of abolish, now you see abolish the police, now you see people saying defund. But their ultimate goal is to radically reform our idea or reimagine, as they say, our idea about around policing. And now, likewise, with abolishing the suburbs. They're calling it affirmatively furthering fair housing, but it's really abolishing the suburbs. Uh, it's it's I'll tell you, you know, it's amazing to me. But but, but like, like I said, with the abolish the police and I think the defunding the police. And first you heard you heard Biden talk about, well, he just wants to reallocate some of the funds or whatever. Folks, make no mistake about it. When they want to cut funding to the police, the first thing that's going to be cut is training. <laughs> OK, that's the first thing. And not going to make us safer. It's, it's not. It doesn't make things better. Look, their plans their plans are, are horrible. Their plans, they put all their bad plans in one convention, didn't they? <laughs> yes. 
Yes, they did. And then the media swooned over it. I have to keep reminding myself that the media was not a part of the DNC, but that is how they now operate. They operate as a, as an extension of the DNC, as an arm of the DNC. But you saw the media pundits, instead of anal- critically analyzing what we were seeing at the DNC, they swooned over it. Um, it's just very unnerving. They're political operatives for the for the Democrat Party, and and it really is, and it's in their coverage. But I mean, they, look, they would take a speech like Joe Biden is twenty two minute acceptance speech, and even though it's a dusted off speech from two thousand eight, his acceptance speech for the vice presidential candidate, his, his acceptance speech in two thousand eight for being the vice presidential nominee for Barack Obama, he 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 dusted off the speech, kind of redressed it a little bit. And he, so he took a lot of the elements from 2008 and repackaged it for 2020. What's amazing to me is that the media let him get away with it. Nobody's out there they really swung. They swooned over it. Oh, it's just so much grace, right? And again, you never heard throughout the DNC, the DNC convention anyone talk about law and order. No one talked about upholding the Constitution. No one talked about making China pay for the over 160, I believe now 170,000 American lives that have been lost because of a virus that they allow to spread to our country and around the world. No one talked about that. They only talked about America being a racist and how America needs to be transformed. Well, you don't transform anything you love. Uh, you transform something you hate. So, I mean, when they when they talk about transforming America, those are those are dog whistles, I think, for basically socialism, Marxism, ending America. But, folks, I'll tell you what, it's really it's really interesting when you think about what the distinct differences are between Madeline Dean and Kathy Barnett. Kathy, thank you for taking the time with us today. We had a great opportunity to meet you and we hope we can bring you back. Uh, we, we lo- we'd love to have you back uh, and, and have our listeners get another listen to you. You did a great job. Thank you, Kathy. Most definitely. Blessing. Yeah, you take care. Folks, we're out of time. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in, for listening to us today on The Point on 1180 WFYL. Thanks for being with us. Be with us every week at 7 a.m. right here on the station. Some of our listeners tune in during normal listening time by just tuning in. Others listen to the podcast when our expert directors pick it up and put it on the podcast. Others uh, just listen to us on YouTube. When they go to YouTube Live, they can click Listen Live there, and they can they can also click Listen Live on 1180WFYL.com by listening to us live there during the normal airtime. However you choose to listen to us, folks, thank you for doing it. That's why we are here. We do unpack the objective truth with the utmost efficiency. Thanks for being with us. See you next week. For Kathy Barnett, I'm Clay Brees. Goodbye for now.